Hello and welcome to Alchemic Life. This is episode three. My name is Jo and this is my podcast. If you're new here, thanks for dropping in. And if you've listened to either of the other two and you've come back, well, thank you especially because this is all a bit of an experiment at the moment. I'm still trying on different ways to do it, different ways to record it, make notes, whatever. I'm just going to keep playing around with it because it's fun. And if I find out that no one's listening and I really don't like it, I'll stop. Anyway, it's all a bit of an experiment. And experiment is kind of the theme of this whole podcast. Let's start with food. I'm not going to go into any great detail for the very simple reason that we're all different. And that's kind of my point. In August, I decided that I was going to give myself a bit of a break because I'm one of those people who thinks of unhealthy food as a treat and therein lies the root of the problem. But I decided I was going to have a week where I was going to eat the ice cream, the cake, the chocolate, the biscuits, all those things that I love. And because the nature of sugar being what it is, I didn't want to stop. So it became two weeks and it became three weeks and it was nearly the whole month. By the end of that month, I felt rubbish. I was getting daily migraine, even with my magic coffee in the morning, which usually solves that problem. And I had insomnia, again, and massive amounts of joint pain, which were contributing to the insomnia. But just during the day, everything was such hard work. It was really limiting. It was making me bad-tempered. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And I knew that it was because of what I was eating. So I said to myself, let's do a little experiment. Let's switch back to how you were eating in June and July when you felt so good. See what happens. If you pick up, even you can't argue with this anymore. Even a piece of chocolate is not going to be better than this. Well, the headaches went the next day and haven't come back. I'm sleeping and the joint pain is down to maybe a two out of 10 from a good solid eight. Some days a nine. So I'm happy with that. I think that we all need to learn this way about ourselves. We need to experiment and play with what suits us. There is a universal truth around certain issues with health and with our bodies out there. Some of it's medical science, some of it's older knowledge. But in many ways, we're so different. Our personal chemistry changes things, our environment, our genetics. So there is no one size fits all. The words know thyself are the key to everything, I think. And interestingly, what can you use to really know thyself? Well, how about Reiki? Fancy that! I want to talk about that next. Firstly, I'd just quickly like to touch on whether what I do now can be referred to as Reiki or not. Well, Reiki is not a brand name, for want of a better phrase. Reiki is, I guess if you were to talk about Soul Cycle as a brand and spinning as the exercise, then you have Yusui's Reiki system and you have Reiki. Reiki is the equivalent of spinning. It doesn't belong to anybody in particular, it's just the name of the activity. That's not very clear, but what I'm saying is It's a more open word than perhaps some people think. That said, I'm very aware of 
cultural appropriation and what a horror that is. I hope that those of us in the West who practice Reiki can stay on the right side of that, be appreciative rather than appropriating, honour and respect the founder of the method we use, make it clear where it comes from at all times, remember the source, and hopefully address it that way. I have also, over the years, been really fascinated by the whole history of the system that I learned, and it's quite long and convoluted with lots of side shoots. There was a whole method taught in the West which thousands of people learned and are still learning, which is basically a fairy tale, nothing to do with the truth except perhaps the names involved. That was what I learned for my first two levels. I had to relearn them before I went on to do level three, which was based on what's loosely known as Japanese Reiki. So there's a whole variety out there and people have learned it and taken it on and done different things with it. There was a time when I was a real purist and I thought we should only do what the founder did. But the thing is, we don't really know what he did. What we do know is that he taught each of his students slightly differently depending on how he assessed their capacity, their understanding. At those times, many people were illiterate, which is perhaps how things like the symbols and um, chanted words came in at the second level. Well, in fact, we teach it in three levels now. He didn't have those same levels. He had many more, and they were all different. There was no written manual until much later, It goes on forever, this story, and I'm not going to go into that much detail. It's all out there to be found nowadays, thankfully. But what I'm coming back to is the fact that I used to think because I had done my training and then worked with the energy for a long time and found that it was coming through me in a different way and that I wanted to use different words, use it slightly differently, that perhaps I couldn't use the term Reiki anymore. But looking at it, the more I read and the more I see it becomes clear that Reiki is an evolving thing because its purpose is to help you find your true self and then you pass that energy on and you use it to be you know, a force for good in the world, then it's going to go through you. It's going to go through your filter and it's going to be changed. And that's happened all over the world. Why wouldn't it happen to me? Just because I do it slightly differently, I still use the symbols because I love them. I sometimes use the words, the spoken words, but I think it's all Reiki, and so I'm going to keep using it. If somebody I respect tells me differently, then I will change it. But for now, yes, alchemic Reiki is what I do. So that took a little bit longer than I was expecting it to, but what the hell, it kind of had to be said. So this morning when I woke up, despite the fact that I didn't have a headache and my joint pain was rather low, thank you very much, food, I had a real case of the blahs, bit of a Monday morning feeling, I suppose. Felt unfocused, couldn't quite get my head around anything, really. Just felt a bit off. And I thought to myself, I wonder if this is something I can use Reiki for. Because it struck me that over the last week, I've been many places. I've been into different towns. I've been around many friends, many members of my family. I've been busy on the internet. There's just so much incoming information that I'm swamped. And I think we can all be a little bit overwhelmed by that. And we lose track of who we are, what our truth is and what we should be focused on. Interestingly, according to human design, yes, I'm still into human design, 
I may be particularly susceptible to this, as will other people who have similar characteristics to me in their body graph, which is the chart of who you are, your blueprint. In human design, you have nine centres, which are similar, overlap with the seven chakras, but there's two more, and they are described as being defined or undefined. I'm not going to go into the reasons why, how that works, but they're defined or undefined. In brief, if they're defined, then you already have an internal sense of whatever the issues around that particular centre are. For example, the head centre. You have a very clear sense of when you're thinking about things, where those thoughts have come from. You know what are your thoughts. You know what you've thought up, what your ideas are, what your opinions are. If you're undefined, you're open to those things coming in from other people. And unless you set very careful boundaries, they can all become a little bit mixed up. Now, I have that undefined head centre. So I can be swamped with thoughts, inspiration, ideas, but they're not necessarily mine. They're not necessarily good ones. When it comes to life living through me, as we were talking about, or I was talking about in episode two, I've got other people's lives living through me. And because it's undefined, I can't tell the difference. I know that I can literally think myself into a migraine if I'm not careful. I know how this works. So I have an undefined head centre. I have an undefined sacral centre and an undefined spleen centre. Because they're open and I can be easily overwhelmed by things coming in from the outside, that pretty much can explain how I felt this morning. So... I wondered if I could take the methods that I've been using with Reiki and use them to cleanse through those centres. Because I think of all the energy around us as information, the stuff that comes through us that is truly us, all that intel, that data, that information, it comes through us, it's ours, it comes in from other people, it all gets messed up into this big soup. What if we could have a big old tidy up of our files. So that's what I tried today. I worked through my process and I worked through those centers and I took, or rather I visualized all that intel and data and whatever you want to call it that isn't mine, that life isn't using to live through me, to go back, to go back to her so that she can do whatever she does with it. You know, I'm a humble human. I don't understand this stuff. So that's what I did. Then take some deep breaths and use Reiki to tidy up, defrag, clear space so that I'm left with the true self. And it kind of worked. It, it kind of did. I think I would probably need to be doing this every day. I think anybody would need to be doing this every day. But it only took 20 minutes. And here I am. I'm factory settings. Certainly gave me a real lift. And I can only think that's a good thing. So I was thinking I might put a little something together so that you could try this. It doesn't need to be complicated. Yes, there are attunements for Reiki or initiations or whatever you want to call them, but they're not essential. The founder himself didn't use them, not initially anyway. I think as, as human beings, as energetic beings, we have a natural ability to tap into this stuff. We just need to polish our sensitivity a little bit. And I think it would be fun 
to give it a try. So if anybody's interested, if one person is interested, drop me a line and I will put something together. It will probably be a sound file, I think. I'm not sure this works in writing. But then maybe there are people for whom writing works best, so I could do both. Anyway, I will put a little something together and, and see if you can come out feeling a little bit clearer and calmer, not so overwhelmed by other people's stuff. And yeah, why not? Let's give that a go. I have one more thing to say on the topic of Reiki for today anyway, and that's going to be my first things that I'm liking this week. And when you first learn Reiki, you learn the precepts or the principles. And there is much discussion about the translation of these. But what has been arrived at most recently is a version that is based on a teaching used in the Tendai Buddhist sect from the 9th century. That in itself translates this way. Do not bear anger, for anger is illusion. Do not be worried, because fear is distraction. Be true to your way and your being. Show compassion to yourself and others, because this is the centre of Buddhahood. So that's the Tendai Buddhist version. Now, Usui, who was the founder of the, the method that I use, had his own precepts. And they are basically exactly the same. He was a Buddhist himself. He was a, um, a lay preacher, for want of a better term, uh, in Tendai Buddhism. So the Reiki precepts translate as, just for today, do not get angry, do not worry, show appreciation and be grateful, work hard on yourself, show compassion to yourself and others. So pretty much the same without the Buddhahood bit. And I think really good guidelines. So I'm liking those this week. It's keeping me in my own business, working on my boundaries. What else am I liking? Complete change of mood. Peaky Blinders is back. If you've never watched Peaky Blinders, and that's probably most people, <laughs> we're now on season five. It follows the fortunes and misfortunes of a family from Birmingham in England. This is where my mother's family come from, certainly over the most recent generations. They uh, were certainly there during this period. They weren't Peaky Blinders. The Peaky Blinders did exist, but they were a gang of young boys. This has been replaced to a, a family gang of grown men who are incredibly violent, incredibly criminal. But there is... Oh, the depth of the story and the characters is just fantastic. Season five, as I say, just starting. Episode three was last night and I am loving it as much as I did when I first picked it up way back when the first season came out. It's fantastic. If you're into it, favourite characters. Arthur's been my favourite from the beginning. The tragedy of Arthur Shelby is just mind-blowing. He's so beautifully played. Just breaks my heart. He so nearly gets his redemption and then messes up time and time again. He just, he's just not Tommy and he never will be and it's heartbreaking and I love Arthur very much. I'm also loving this season Lizzie because I think whereas before Tommy's equal, the person he respected because they were well matched, 
was um, Tom Hardy's character, Alfie Solomons. He's no longer in it, um, spoiler alert. And um, yeah, I think Lizzie is going to step into that role. She's decided if you can't beat them, join them. And I think that's going to be their her relationship with Tommy is going to be big this time round. And I really like her. And finally, on this topic, there is a character called Abarama Gold. Now, I'm sorry, but Abarama Gold is the best name ever. I think everybody should at some point know someone called Abarama. And if ever I have another dog, Abarama is his middle name. I'm big on middle names for my dogs. Abarama Gold. Love it. Peaky Blinders. Thoroughly recommend it if you can see it. The final thing I'm liking this week is a book called Where the Forest Meets the Stars, and it's written by Glendy Vanderaar. That's G-L-E-N-D-Y, Glendy, and Vanderaar is V-A-N-D-E-R-A-H. She's at glendyvanderaar.com, where you can find out all about her and the book. But briefly, it's about a young woman recovering from a recent illness who's living out in the country working on her PhD, and she meets a nine-year-old girl who appears out of nowhere, saying that she's from another galaxy, that she's here to witness five miracles and then return to her home in the stars. Across the road lives a young man dealing with his own issues and the, the relationship between the three of them develops as the truth finally comes to the surface. It's a beautiful book. The characters are all wonderfully developed. It's just very, very moving. And on Audible, if you listen, as I did, the narration is fantastic. I should have the name of the narrator here. That's really poor of me. And I haven't. But anyway, give it a listen. Give it a read. Wonderful. Where the forest meets the stars. So that's it for this week. Thanks very much for listening, especially if you've listened to more than one. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep honing my negligible skills at this point and see where this goes. At the moment, it's going to next week, and I will see you back here then. Oh, get in touch if you're interested in the Reiki thing I mentioned back at the beginning, that little experiment. Best place is probably Instagram, joe underscore Hanlon Moores. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you if you're interested in that. Otherwise, back here, different time, different place, all over the place. See you later. Bye.